CD5. There were lots of crescent moons, and young women with, quite frankly, not enough clothes on, and big men with horns, and, ooh, not just horns. There were suns and moons on the tiles of the floor, and the ceiling of the room Tiffany was led into was high, blue, and painted with stars. Mrs Earwig, pronounced Arwidge, pointed to a chair with griffon feet and crescent-shaped cushions. "'Sit there,' she said. "'I will tell Anagramma that you are here. Do not kick the chair-legs, please.' She went out via another door. Tiffany looked around. The hiver looked around and thought, I've got to be the strongest. When I am strongest, I shall be safe. That one is weak. She thinks you can buy magic. Oh, it really is you, said a sharp voice behind her. The cheese girl. Tiffany stood up. The hiver had been many things, including a number of wizards, because wizards sought power all the time and sometimes found, in their treacherous circles, not some demon that was so stupid that it could be tricked with threats and riddles, but the hiver, which was so stupid that it could not be tricked at all. And the hiver remembered. Anagramma was drinking a glass of milk. Once you'd seen Mrs Earwig, you understood something about Anagramma. There was an air about her that she was taking notes on the world in order to draw up a list of suggestions for improvements. Hello, said Tiffany. I suppose you came along to beg to be allowed to join after all, have you? I suppose you might be fun. No, not really. But I might let you join me, said Tiffany. Are you enjoying that milk? The glass of milk turned into a bunch of thistles and grass. Anagramma dropped it hurriedly. When it hit the floor, it became a glass of milk again and shattered and splashed. Tiffany pointed at the ceiling. The painted stars flared, filling the room with light, but Anagramma stared at the spilled milk. "'You know they say the power comes,' said Tiffany. "'Well, it's come to me. Do you want to be my friend, or do you want to be in my way? I should clean up that milk if I was you.' She concentrated. She didn't know where this was coming from, but it seemed to know exactly what to do. Anagramma rose a few inches off the floor. She struggled and tried to run, but that only made her spin. To Tiffany's dreadful delight, the girl started to cry. "'You said we ought to use our power,' said Tiffany, walking around her as Anagramma tried to break free. "'You said if we had the gift, people ought to know about it. "'You're a girl with her head screwed on right.' Tiffany bent down a bit to look her in the eye. Wouldn't it be awful if it got screwed on wrong? She waved a hand and her prisoner dropped to the ground, but while Anagramma was unpleasant, she wasn't a coward, and she rose up with her mouth open to yell and a hand upraised. Careful, said Tiffany. I can do it again. Anagramma wasn't stupid either. She lowered her hand and shrugged. Well, you have been lucky, she said grudgingly, but I still need your help said Tiffany. "'Why would you need my help?' asked Anagramma sulkily. "'We need allies,' the hiver thought with Tiffany's mind. "'They can help protect us. If necessary, we can sacrifice them. Other creatures will always want to be friends with the powerful, and this one loves power.' "'To start with,' said Tiffany, "'where can I get a dress like yours?' Anagramma's eyes lit up. "'Oh, you want Zack Zack strong in the arm, over in Salet without,' she said. "'He sells everything for the modern witch.' "'Then I want everything,' said Tiffany. "'He'll want paying,' Anagramma went on. 
He's a dwarf. They know real gold from illusion gold. Everyone tries it out on him, of course. He just laughs. If you try it twice, he'll make a complaint to your mistress. Miss Tick said, A witch should have just enough money, said Tiffany. That's right, said Anagramma. Just enough to buy everything she wants. Mrs. Earwig says that just because we're witches, we don't have to live like peasants. But Miss Level is so old-fashioned, isn't she? Probably hasn't got any money in the house. And Tiffany said, Oh, I know where I can get some money. I'll meet you. Please help me. Here, this afternoon, and you can show me where his place is. What was that? said Anagramma sharply. I just said I'd stop me. Meet you here, this, Tiffany began. There it was again. There was like a sort of odd echo in your voice, said Anagramma, like two people trying to talk at once. Oh, that, said the hiver. That's nothing. It'll stop soon. It was an interesting mind, and the hiver enjoyed using it. But always there was that one place, that little place that was closed. It was annoying, like an itch that wouldn't go away. It did not think. The mind of the hiver was just what remained of all the other minds it had once lived in. They were like echoes after the music is taken away. But even echoes bouncing off one another can produce new harmonies. They clanged now. They rang out things like fit in, not strong enough yet to make enemies, have friends. Zack-Zack's low-ceilinged, dark shop had plenty to spend your money on. Zack-Zack was indeed a dwarf, and they are not traditionally interested in using magic, but he certainly knew how to display merchandise, which is what they are very good at. There were wands, mostly of metal, some of rare woods, some had shiny crystals stuck on them, which of course made them more expensive. There were bottles of coloured glass in the potions section, and, oddly enough, the smaller the bottle, the more expensive it was. That's because there's often very rare ingredients, like the tears of some rare snake or something, said Anagramma. I didn't know snakes cried, said Tiffany. Don't they? Oh, well, I expect that's why it's expensive. There was plenty of other stuff. Shambles hung from the ceiling, much prettier and more interesting than the working ones that Tiffany had seen. Since they were made up complete, then surely they were dead, just like the ones Miss Level kept for ornamentation. But they looked good and looking good was important. There were even stones for looking into. Crystal balls, said Anagramma as Tiffany picked one up. Careful, they're very expensive. She pointed to a sign which had been placed thoughtfully among the glittering globes. It said, Lovely to look at, nice to hold. If you drop it, you get torn apart by wild horses. Tiffany held the biggest one in her hand and saw how Zack-Zack moved slightly away from his counter, ready to rush forward with a bill if she dropped it. Miss Tick uses a saucer of water with a bit of ink poured into it, she said, and she usually borrows the water and catches the ink at that. Oh, a fundamentalist, said Anagramma. Lettuce, that's Mrs Earwig, says they let us down terribly. Do we really want people to think witches are just a bunch of mad old women who look like crows? That's so gingerbread cottagey. We really ought to be professional about these things. Hmm, said Tiffany throwing the crystal ball up into the air and catching it again with one hand. People should be made to fear witches. Well, um, certainly they should respect us, said Anagramma. Um, I should be careful with that if I was you. Why? said Tiffany, tossing the ball over her shoulder. 
That was the finest quartz, shouted Zack-Zack, rushing around his counter. Oh, Tiffany, said Anagramma, shocked and trying not to giggle. Zack-Zack rushed past them to where the shattered ball lay in hundreds of very expensive fragment... did not lie in very expensive fragments. Both he and Anagramma turned to Tiffany. She was spinning the crystal globe on the tip of her finger. "'Quickness of the hand deceives the eye,' she said. "'But I heard it smash,' said Zack-Zack. "'Deceives the ear, too,' said Tiffany, putting the ball back on its stand. "'I don't want this, but,' and she pointed a finger, "'I'll take that necklace, and that one, and the one with the cats, and that ring, "'and a set of those, and two, no, three of those, and what are these?' "'Um, that's a book of night,' said Anagramma nervously. "'It's a sort of magical diary. "'You write down what you've been working on.' "'Tiffany picked up the leather-bound book. "'It had an eye set in heavier leather on the cover. "'The eye rolled to look at her. "'This was a real witch's diary, "'and much more impressive than some shamefully cheap old book "'bought of a peddler. "'Whose eye was it?' said Tiffany. "'Anyone interesting?' "'Er, I get the books from the wizards at Unseen University,' "'said Zack-Zack, still shaken. "'They're not real eyes.' "'but they're clever enough to swivel around when they see another eye.' "'It's just blinked,' said Tiffany. "'Very clever people, wizards,' said the dwarf, "'who knew a sail when he saw one. "'Shall I wrap it up for you?' "'Yes,' said Tiffany. "'Wrap everything up. "'And now, can anyone hear me? "'Show me the clothes department.' "'Where there were hats. "'There are fashions in witchery, just like everything else. "'Some years the slightly concertina look is in.' "'and you'll even see the point twisting around so much "'it's nearly pointing at the ground. "'There are varieties even in the most traditional hat, "'upright cone, black, "'such as the countrywoman, inside pockets, waterproof, "'the cloud buster, low drag coefficient for broomstick use, "'and, quite importantly, the safety, "'guaranteed to survive 80% of falling farmhouses. "'Tiffany chose the tallest upright cone. "'It was more than two feet high "'and had big stars sewn on it. "'Ah, the skyscraper, very much your look,' said Zack-Zack, bustling around and opening drawers. "'It's for the witch on the way up, who knows what she wants and doesn't care how many frogs it takes. Ha, ha, ha. "'Incidentally, many ladies like a cloak with that. "'Now we have the midnight pure wool, fine knit, very warm, but,' he gave Tiffany a knowing look, "'we currently have very limited supplies of the zephyr below, just in, very rare, black as coal and thin as a shadow.' "'Completely useless for keeping you warm or dry, "'but looks fabulous in even the slightest breeze. "'Observe.' "'He held up the cloak and blew gently. "'It billowed out almost horizontally, "'flapping and twisting like a sheet in a gale. "'Oh, yes,' breathed Anagramma. "'I'll take it,' said Tiffany. "'I shall wear it to the witch trials on Saturday.' "'Well, if you win, be sure to tell everyone you bought it here,' said Zack-Zack. "'When I win?' "'I shall tell them I got it at a considerable discount,' said Tiffany. "'Oh, I don't do discounts,' said Zack-Zack, as loftily as a dwarf can manage. Tiffany stared at him, then picked up one of the most expensive wands from the display. It glittered. "'That's a number six, whispered Anagramma. "'Mrs. Earwig has one of those.' "'I see it's got runes on it,' said Tiffany, and something about the way she said it made Zack-Zack go pale. "'Well, of course!' said Anagramma. You've got to have runes. These are in Ogham, said Tiffany, smiling nastily at Zack-Zack. 
It's a very ancient language of the dwarfs. Shall I tell you what they say? They say, Oh, what a wally is waving this. Don't you take that nasty lying tone with me, young lady, said the dwarf. Who's your mistress? I know your type. Learn one spell and you think your mistress weather wax. I'm not standing for this kind of behaviour. Brian! There was a rustling from the bead curtains that led to the back of the shop, and a wizard appeared. You could tell he was a wizard. Wizards never want you to have to guess. He had long flowing robes with stars and magical symbols on them. There were even some sequins. His beard would have been long and flowing if indeed he'd been the kind of young man who could really grow a beard. Instead, it was ragged and wispy and not very clean. And the general effect was also spoiled by the fact that he was smoking a cigarette and had a mug of tea in his hand and a face that looked a bit like something that lives under damp logs. The mug was chipped and on it were the jolly words, you don't have to be magic to work here, but it helps. Yeah? he asked, adding reproachfully, I was on my tea break, you know. This young lady is being awkward, said Zack-Zack, throwing magic about, talking back and being smart at me, the usual stuff. Brian looked at Tiffany. She smiled. Brian's been to unseen university, said Zack-Zack with a so-there smirk. Got a degree. What he doesn't know about magic could fill a book. These ladies need showing the way out, Brian. Now, then, ladies, said Brian nervously, putting down his mug. Do what Mr. Strong in the arm says and push off, right? We don't want trouble, do we? Go on, there's good kids. Why do you need a wizard to protect you with all these magical amulets around the place, Mr. Strong in the arm? said Tiffany sweetly. Zack Zack turned to Brian. "'What are you standing there for?' he demanded. "'She's doing it again. I pay you, don't I? Put a fluence on him or something.' "'Well, uh, that one could be a bit of an awkward customer,' Brian said, nodding towards Tiffany. "'If you studied wizardry, Brian, then you know about conservation of mass, don't you?' she said. "'I mean, you know what really happens when you try to turn someone into a frog.' "'Well, er uh, the wizard began. "'Ha! That's just a figure of speech!' "'snapped Zack-Zack. "'I'd like to see you turn someone into a frog.' "'Wish granted,' said Tiffany, and waved the wand. "'Brian started to say, "'Look, when I said I'd been to Unseen University, I meant... "'But he ended up saying, "'Urk!' "'Take the eye away from Tiffany, "'up through the shop, high, high above the village, "'until the landscape spreads out "'in a patchwork of fields, woods and mountains.' The magic spreads out like the ripples made when a stone is dropped in water. Within a few miles of the place, it makes shambles spin and breaks the threads of curse nets. As the ripples widen, the magic gets fainter, although it never dies and can still be felt by things far more sensitive than any shamble. Let the eye move and fall now on this wood, this clearing, this cottage. There is nothing on the walls but whitewash, nothing on the floor but cold stone. The huge fireplace doesn't even have a cooking stove. A black tea kettle hangs on a black hook over what can hardly be called a fire at all. It's just a few little sticks huddling together. This is the house of a life peeled to the core. Upstairs, an old woman, all in faded black, is lying on a narrow bed. But you wouldn't think she was dead, because there is a big card on a string around her neck that reads, I ain't dead. And you have to believe it when it's written down like that. 
Her eyes are shut, her hands are crossed on her chest, her mouth is open. And bees crawl into her mouth, and over her ears, and all over her pillow. They fill the room, flying in and out of the open window, where someone has put a row of saucers filled with sugary water on the sill. None of the saucers match, of course. A witch never has matching crockery. But the bees work on, coming and going, busy as bees. When the ripple of magic passes through, the buzz rises to a roar. Bees pour in through the window, urgently, as though driven by a gale. They land on the still old woman until her head and shoulders are a boiling mass of tiny brown bodies. And then, as one insect, they rise in a storm and pour away into the outside air, which is full of whirling seeds from the sycamore trees outside. Mistress Weatherwax sat bolt upright and said, Bzzzt. Then she stuck a finger into her mouth, rootled around a bit, and pulled out a struggling bee. She blew on it and shooed it out of the window. For a moment her eyes seemed to have many facets, just like a bee's. So, she said, she's learned how to borrow, has she? Or she's been borrowed? Anagramma fainted. Zack-Zack stared, too afraid to faint. You see, said Tiffany, while something in the air went gloop, gloop above them, a frog weighs only a few ounces, but Brian weighs, oh, about a hundred and twenty pounds, yes. So, to turn someone big into a frog, you've got to find something to do with all the bits you can't fit into a frog, right? She bent down and lifted up the pointy wizard's hat on the floor. Happy, Brian, she asked. A small frog, squatting in a heap of clothes, looked up and said, Urk! Zack-Zack didn't look at the frog. He was looking at the thing that went gloop, gloop. It was like a large pink balloon full of water, quite pretty, really, wobbling gently against the ceiling. You've killed him, he mumbled. What? Oh, no. That's just the stuff he doesn't need right now. It's sort of spare Brian. Urk, said Brian. Gloop, went the rest of him. About this discount, Zack-Zack began hurriedly, Ten percent would be... Tiffany waved the wand. Behind her, the whole display of crystals rose in the air and began to orbit one another in a glittering and, above all, fragile way. That wand shouldn't do that, he said. Of course it can't. It's rubbish, but I can, said Tiffany. Ninety percent discount, I hear you say. Think quickly, I'm getting tired, and the spare Brian is getting... heavy. You can keep it all! Zack-Zack screamed. For free! Just don't let him splash, please! No, no. I'd like you to stay in business, said Tiffany. A ninety percent discount would be fine. I'd like you to think of me as a friend. Yes, yes, I am your friend. I'm a very friendly person. Now please, put him back, please! Zack-Zack dropped to his knees, which wasn't very far. Please! He's not really a wizard. He just did evening classes there in fretwork. They hire out classrooms, that sort of thing. He thinks I don't know. But he read a few of the magical books on the quiet, and he pinched the robes, and he can talk wizard lingo, so she'd hardly know the difference. Please, I'd never get a real wizard for the money I pay him. Don't hurt him, please. Tiffany waved a hand. There was a moment even more unpleasant than the one that had ended up with the spare Brian bumping against the ceiling, and then the whole Brian stood there blinking. Thank you, thank you, thank you, gasped Zack-Zack. Brian blinked. 
"'What just happened?' he asked. Zack-Zack, beside himself with horror and relief, patted him frantically. "'You're all there?' he said. "'You're not a balloon?' "'Here, get off!' said Brian, pushing him away. There was a groan from Anagramma. She opened her eyes, saw Tiffany, and tried to scramble to her feet and back away, which meant that she went backwards like a spider. "'Please don't do that to me! Please don't!' she shouted. Tiffany ran after her and pulled her to her feet. "'I wouldn't do anything to you, Anagramma,' she said happily. "'You're my friend. We're all friends. Isn't that nice? Please, please stop me!' You had to remember that Pictses weren't brownies. In theory, brownies would do the housework for you if you left them a saucer of milk. The Nakmak Fiegel wouldn't. Oh, they'd try, if they liked you, and you didn't insult them with milk in the saucer. They were helpful. They just weren't good at it. For example, you shouldn't try to remove a stubborn stain from a plate by repeatedly hitting it with your head. And you didn't want to see a sink full of them and your best china or a precious pot rolling backwards and forwards across the floor while the feagles inside simultaneously fought the ground-in dirt and each other. But Miss Level, once she'd got the better china out of the way, found she rather liked the feagles. There was something unsquashable about them, and they were entirely unamazed by a woman with two bodies, too. "'Ach, that's nothing,' Robin Ibri had said. "'When we was raiding for the Queen, we once found a world where there was people with five bodies each.' "'All sizes you can, for doing our kinds of jobs.' "'Really?' said both of Miss Level. "'Aye, and the biggest body had a huge left hand, just for opening pickle jars.' "'Those lids can get very tight, it's true,' Miss Level had agreed. "'Oh, we saw some muckle eldritch places when we was raiding for the Queen,' said Rob anybody. "'But we gave that up, for she was a scheming, greedy, ill-fair carlin that she was.' "'Aye, and it was no because she threw us south to Fairyland "'for being completely pished at two in the afternoon, "'whatever any scanner might... <laughs> said Daft Woolly. "'Pished?' said Miss Level. "'Aye, oh, aye, it means uh, tired, aye, tired. "'That's what it means,' said Rob anybody, "'holding his hands firmly over his brother's mouth. "'And you dinna ken how to talk in front of a lady, "'you shammering wee scanner.' Er, thank you for doing the washing up, said Miss Level. You really didn't need to. Ach, it wasn't any trouble, said Rob anybody cheerfully, letting Daft Woolly go. And I'm sure all them plates and stuff will mend fine we a bit of glue. Miss Level looked up at the clock with no hands. It's getting late, she said. What exactly is it you propose to do, Mr. Anybody? What? Do you have a plan? Oh, aye. Rob anybody rummaged around in his spog which is a leather bag most feagles have hanging from their belt. The contents are usually a mystery, but sometimes include interesting teeth. He flourished a much-folded piece of paper. Miss Level carefully unfolded it. "'P-L-N?' she said. "'Aye,' said Rob proudly. "'We came prepared. Look, it's written dune. P-L-N-E-R. Plan.' "'Er, how can I put this?' Miss Level mused. "'Ah, yes.' You came rushing all this way to save Tiffany from a creature that can't be seen, touched, smelled, or killed. What did you intend to do when you found it? Rob anybody scratched his head to a general shower of objects. I think maybe you put your finger on the one weak spot, mistress, he admitted. Do you mean you charge in regardless? Oh, aye, that's the plan, sure enough, 
said Rob Anybody, brightening up. And then what happens? We'll generally people are trying to wallop us by then, so we just make it up as we go along. Yes, Robert, but the creature is inside her head. Rob Anybody gave Billy a questioning look. Robert is a high-hided way of saying Rob, said the Gonegal, and to save time he said to Miss Level, that means kind of posh. Ach, we can get inside her heed if we have to, said Rob. I'd hoped to get there before the thing got to her, but we can chase it. Miss Level's face was a picture. Two pictures. Inside her head, she said. Oh, aye, said Rob, as if that sort of thing happened every day. No problemo. We can get in or out anywhere, except maybe pubs, which for some reason we had trouble leaving. A heed, easy. Sorry, we're talking about a real head here, are we? said Miss Level, horrified. What do you do, go in through the ears? Once again Rob stared at Billy, who looked puzzled. No, mistress, they'd be too small, he said patiently, but we can move between worlds you can. We're fairy folk. Miss Level nodded both heads. It was true, but it was hard to look at the assembled ranks of the Knack Mac Fiegel and remember that they were, technically, fairies. It was like watching penguins swimming underwater and having to remember that they were birds. And, she said, we can get into dreams, you see, and what's a mind but another world a-dreaming? No, I must forbid that, said Miss Level. I can't have you running around inside a young girl's head. I mean, look at you. You're fully grown. Well, you're men. It'd be like, like, well, it'd be like you looking at her diary. Rob, anybody, looked puzzled. Who I? he said. We looked at her diary loads of times. Nay harm done. You looked at her diary, said Miss Level, horrified. Why? Really, she thought later, she should have expected the answer. Cause it was locked, said Daft Woolly. If she didn't want anyone to look at it, why'd she keep it at the back of her sock drawer? Anywhere, there was was a load of words we couldn't understand, and we drawings of hearts and flowers and that. Hearts? Tiffany? said Miss Level. Really? She shook herself. But you shouldn't have done that, and going into someone's mind is even worse. The hiver is in there, mistress, said awfully wee Billy, meekly. But you said you can't do anything about it. She might, if we can track a doon, said the Gonegal. If we can find the wee bitty bit of her that's still her, she's a bonny fighter when she's roused. You see, mistress, a mind's like a world in itself. She'll be hiding in it somewhere, looking out through her own eyes, listening with her own ears, trying to make people hear, trying no to let yon beast find her, and it'll be hunting her all the time, trying to break her doon. Miss Level began to look hunted herself. Fifty small faces, full of worry and hope and broken noses, looked up at her, and she knew she didn't have a better plan, or even a PLN. "'All right,' she said, "'but at least you ought to have a bath. "'I know that's silly, but it will make me feel better about the whole thing.' "'There was a general groan. "'A bath! But we all had one no a year ago,' said Rob anybody. "'I put the big dew-pond for the ships.' "'Ah, Crivens,' said Big Yan, "'you cannot ask a man to take a bath again this soon, mistress. "'There'll be nothing left to us.' "'With hot water and soap,' said Miss Level. "'I mean it. I'll run the water.' "'And I, I'll put some rope over the edge so you can climb in and out. "'But you will get clean. "'I'm a wi- a hag, and you'd better do what I say.' 
"'All, all right,' said Rob. "'We'll do it for the big wee hag. "'But you're no tea peak, okay?' "'Peak,' said Miss Level. "'She pointed a trembling finger. "'Get into that bathroom now.' "'Miss Level did, however, listen at the door. "'It's the sort of thing a witch does. "'There was nothing to hear at first "'but the gentle splash of water, and then, "'This is no as bad as I thought. "'Aye, very pleasing.' "'There's a big yellow duck here. "'Who are you pointing that beak at, you scanner?' "'There was a wet quack and some bubbling noises as the rubber duck sank. "'Rob, we ought to get one of these put in back in the mound. "'Vera warming in the winter time. "'Aye, it's no that good for the sheep, "'having to drink out of that pond after we've been bathing. "'It's terrible hearing a sheep try to spit. "'Ach, it'll make us softies. "'It's nae a good wash if you dinna ha the ice forming on your heed.' "'Who are you calling a softy?' "'There followed a lot more splashing, "'and water started to seep under the door. "'Miss Level knocked. "'Come on out now and dry yourselves off,' she commanded. "'She could be back at any minute.' "'In fact, it wasn't for another two hours, "'by which time Miss Level had got so nervous "'that her necklaces jingled all the time. "'She'd come to itching later than most, "'being naturally qualified by reason of the two bodies, "'but she'd never been very happy about magic. "'In truth,' Most witches could get through their whole lives without having to do serious, undeniable magic. Making shambles and curse nets and dream catchers didn't really count, being rather more like arts and crafts, and most of the rest of it was practical medicine, common sense, and the ability to look stern in a pointy hat. But being a witch and wearing the big black hat was like being a policeman. People saw the uniform, not you. When the mad axeman was running down the street, you weren't allowed to back away muttering, uh, "'Could you find someone else? "'Actually, I mostly just do, you know, uh, stray dogs and road safety.' "'You were there. "'You had the hat. "'You did the job. "'That was a basic rule of witchery. "'It's up to you.' "'She was two bags of nerves when Tiffany arrived back "'and stood side by side holding hands with herself "'to give herself confidence. "'Where have you been, dear?' "'Out,' said Tiffany. "'And what have you been doing? "'Nothing?' "'I see you've been shopping. Yes. Who with? Nobody?' "'Ah, uh, yes,' Miss Level trilled, completely adrift. "'I remember when I used to go out and do nothing. "'Sometimes you can be your own worst company. "'Believe me, I know,' but Tiffany had already swept upstairs. "'Without anyone actually seeming to move, "'Fiegel started to appear everywhere in the room. "'Well, that could have gone better,' said Rob anybody. "'She looked so different,' Miss Level burst out. "'She moved differently. "'I just didn't know what to do, and those clothes. "'Aye, sparkling like a young raven,' said Rob. "'Did you see all those bags? "'Where could she have got the money? "'I certainly don't have that kind of—' "'She stopped, and both of Miss Level spoke. "'Oh, no, surely not. "'She wouldn't have, would she?' "'I dinna ken what you're talking about,' said Awfully Weebly. "'But what she would de is near the point. "'That's the hiver doing the thinking.' "'Miss Level clasped all four hands together in distress. "'Oh, dear, I must go down to the village and check.' "'One of her ran towards the door. "'Well, at least she's brought the broomstick back,' "'muttered the Miss Level, who stayed. "'She started to wear the slightly unfocused expression "'she got when both her bodies weren't in the same place. "'They could hear noises from upstairs. "'I vote we just tap her gently on the heed.' said Big Yan. It canna give us any trouble if it's gone sleepies, aye? Miss Level clenched and unclenched her fists nervously. No, she said, I'll go 
up there and have a serious talk with her. "'I told you, mistress, it's not her,' said Awfully Wee Billy wearily. "'Well, at least I'll wait until I've visited Mr. Weevil,' said Miss Level, standing in her kitchen. "'I'm nearly there. Ah, he's asleep. I'll just ease the box out quietly. If she's taken his money, I'm going to be so angry.' It was a good hat, Tiffany thought. It was at least as tall as Mrs. Earwig's hat, and it shone darkly. The stars gleamed. The other packages covered the floor and the bed. She pulled out another one of the black dresses, the one covered in lace, and the cloak, which spread out in the air. She really liked the cloak. In anything but a complete dead calm, it floated and billowed as if whipped by a gale. If you were going to be a witch, you had to start by looking like one. She twirled in it once or twice, and then said something without thinking, so that the hiver part of her was caught unawares. See me! The hiver was suddenly thrust outside her body. Tiffany was free. She hadn't expected it. She felt herself to the tips of her fingers. She dived towards the bed, grabbed one of Zack-Zack's best wands, and waved it desperately in front of her like a weapon. You stay out, she said. Stay away. It's my body, not yours. You've made it do dreadful things. You stole Mr. Weevil's money. "'Look at these stupid clothes! "'And don't you know about eating and drinking? "'You stay away, you're not coming back. "'Don't you dare. I've got power, you know.' "'So have we,' said her own voice in her own head. "'Yours.' "'They fought. "'A watcher would have seen only a girl in a black dress "'spinning around the room and flailing her arms as if she'd been stung, "'but Tiffany fought for every toe, every finger.' She bounced off a wall, banged against the chest of drawers, slammed into another wall, and the door was flung open. One of Miss Level was there, no longer nervous but trembling with rage. She pointed a shaking finger. "'Listen to me, whoever you are. Did you steal, Mr...?' she began. The hiver turned. The hiver struck. The hiver killed.' Chapter 8. The Secret Land It's bad enough being dead. Waking up and seeing a knack-mack standing on your chest and peering intently at you from an inch away only makes things worse. Miss Level groaned. It felt as though she was lying on the floor. "'Ach, this one's alive right enough,' said the Feagle. "'Told yous, that's a weasel skull you owe me.' Miss Level blinked one set of eyes and then froze in horror. "'What happened to me?' she whispered. The feagle in front of her was replaced by the face of Rob Anybody. It was not an improvement. "'How many fingers am I holding up?' he said. Five, whispered Miss Level. "'Am I? Ah, well, you could be right. You'd have the knowing accounting,' said Rob, lowering his hand. "'You've had a wee bitty accident, you can. You're a wee bitty deed.' Miss Level's head slumped back, through the mist of something that wasn't exactly pain, she heard Rob anybody say to someone she couldn't see, "'Hey, I was breaking it to her gently. I did say wee bitty twice, right? "'It's as though part of me is a long way off,' murmured Miss Level. "'Aye, you're a boot right there,' said Rob, champion of the bedside manner. Some memories bobbed the surface of the thick soup in Miss Level's mind. "'Tiffany killed me, didn't she?' she said. I remember seeing that black figure turn around, and her expression was horrible. That was the hiver, said Rob anybody. That wasn't Tiffany. 
She was fighting it. She still is inside. But it did not remember you had two bodies. We got to help her, mistress. Miss Level pushed herself upright. It wasn't pain she felt, but it was the ghost of pain. How did I die? she said weakly. There was like an explosion and smoke and that, said Rob. Not messy, really. Oh, well, that's a small mercy anyway, said Miss Level, sagging back. Aye, there was just this like big purple cloud like dust, said Daft Woolly. Where's my... I can't feel... Where's my other body? Aye, that was what got blown up in that big cloud right enough, said Rob. Good job you have a spare, eh? She's all mithered in her heed, whispered awfully wee Billy. Take it gently, eh? How do you manage seeing only one side of things? said Miss Level dreamily to the world in general. How will I get everything done with only one pair of hands and feet? Being in just one place all the time, how do people manage? It's impossible. She shut her eyes. Mistress Level, we need you, shouted Rob anybody into her ear. Need, 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 murmured Miss Level. Everyone needs a witch. No one cares if a witch needs. Giving and giving always. A fairy godmother never gets a wish, let me tell you. Mistress Level, Rob screamed. You can't pass out on us now. I'm weary, whispered Miss Level. I'm very, very pished. Mistress Level, Rob anybody yelled. The big wee hag is lying on the floor like a deed person, but she's cold as ice and sweating like a horse. She's fighting the beast inside her mistress, and she's losing. Rob peered into Miss Level's face and shook his head. Ach, to hell wait. She's swooned. Come on, lads, let's move her. Like many small creatures, feagles are immensely strong for their size. It still took ten of them to carry Miss Level up the narrow stairs without banging her head more than necessary, although they did use her feet to push open the door to Tiffany's room. Tiffany lay on the floor. Sometimes a muscle twitched. Miss Level was propped up like a doll. "'How are we going to bring the big hug round?' said Big Yan. "'I heard where you has to put someone's heed between their legs,' said Rob doubtfully. Daft Woolly sighed and drew his sword. "'Sounds a wee bit drastic to me,' he said. "'But if someone will help me hold her steady.' Miss Level opened her eyes, which was just as well. She focused unsteadily on the feagles and smiled a strange, happy little smile. "'Ooh!' Fairies, she mumbled. Ach, no, she's rambling, said Rob anybody. She means fairies like big jobs think they are, said awfully wee Billy. Tiny wee tinkly creatures that live in flowers and fly around cuddling butterflies and that. What? Have they no seen real fairies? They're worse than wasps, said Big Yan. We haven't got time for this, snapped Rob anybody. He jumped onto Miss Level's knee. Aye, ma'am, we's fairies from the land o... He stopped and looked imploringly at Billy. Tinkle? Billy suggested. Aye, the land of Tinkle you can, and we found this poor wee... Princess, said Billy. Aye, princess, who's been attacked by a bunch of scudders. Wicked goblins, said Billy. Yeah, yeah, wicked goblins, right, and she's in a bad way, so we was wondering if you could kind of tell us how to look after her. Until the handsome prince turns up on a big white horse with curtains round it and whacks her with a magical kiss, said Billy. Rob gave him a desperate look and turned back to the bemused Miss Level. Aye, what my friend Fairy Billy just said, he managed. Miss Level tried to focus. You're very ugly for fairies, she said. 
"'Aye, well, the ones you generally see are for the pretty flowers you can,' said Rob anybody, inventing desperately. "'We're more for the stinging nettles and bindweed and old men's trousers and thistles, okay? "'It wouldn't be fair for only the bonny flowers to have fairies, no would it? "'It'd probably be against the law, eh? "'No, can you please help us with this princess here before them scunners, wicked goblins?' said Billy. "'Aye, before they come back,' said Rob. "'Panting, he watched Miss Level's face.' There seemed to be a certain amount of thinking going on. "'Is her pulse rapid?' murmured Miss Level. "'You say her skin is cold, but she's sweating. Is she breathing rapidly? Uh, it sounds like shock. Keep her warm. Raise her legs. Watch her carefully. Try to remove the cause.' Her head slumped. Rob turned to Awfully Wee Billy. "'A horse with curtains round it,' he said. "'Where did you get all that blethers?' "'There's a big hoose near the long lake, "'and they read stories to their wee bairn, "'and I got along and listened for a mousehole,' "'said Awfully Wee Billy. "'One day I snuck in and looked at the pictures, "'and there was big jobs called knits, "'with shields and armour and horses with curtains.' "'Well, it worked. "'Blethers though it be,' said Rob anybody. "'He looked at Tiffany. "'She was lying down, "'so he was about as high as her chin. "'It was like walking around a small hill.' "'Crivens, it does me nae good at all to see the poor wee thing like this,' he said, shaking his head. "'Come on, lads, get that cover off the bed and put that cushion under her feet.' "'Er, uh, Rob,' said Daftwoolly. "'Aye,' Rob was staring at the unconscious Tiffany. "'How are we going to get into her heed? There's got to be something to guide us in.' "'Aye, Wooly, and I ken what it's going to be, "'cause I've been using my heed for thinking.' said Rob. You've seen the big wee hag often enough, right? Well, see this necklet. He reached up. The silver horse had slipped around Tiffany's neck as she lay on the floor. It hung there amid the amulets and dark glitter. Aye, said Woolly. It was a present from that son of the baron, said Rob, and she's kept it. She's tried to turn her cell into some kind of creature of the night, but something made her keep this. It'll be in her heat too, "'Tis important to her. "'All we need to do is frown it a wheelstone on it, "'and it'll take us right where she is.' "'If anyone knew what this meant, "'they'd know a lot more about the Nackmack Fiegel's way of travelling. "'Daftwoolly scratched his head. "'But I thought she thought he was just a big pile of jobbies,' he said. "'I seen her out walking, and when he comes riding past, "'she sticks her nose in the air and looks the other way. "'In fact, sometimes I seen her wait a round a full five and twenty minutes for him to come past, just so she can do that. "'Ach, we'll no man kens the working of the female mind,' said Rob anybody loftily. "'We'll follow the horse.'" From Fairies and How to Avoid Them by Miss Perspicacia Tick No one knows exactly how the Nackmack Feagles step from one world to another. Those who have seen feagles actually travel this way say that they apparently throw back their shoulders and thrust out one leg straight ahead of them. Then they wiggle their foot and are gone. This is known as the craw step, and the only comment on the subject by a feagle is, it's all in the ankle movement you can. They appear to be able to travel magically between worlds of all kinds, but not within a world. For this purpose, they assure people, they have feats. The sky was black, even though the sun was high. 
It hung at just past noon, lighting the landscape as brilliantly as a hot summer day, but the sky was midnight black, shorn of stars. This was the landscape of Tiffany Aching's mind. The feagles looked around them. There seemed to be downland underfoot, rolling and green. "'She tells the land what it is. The land tells her who she is,' whispered Awfully Wee Billy. "'She really does hold the soul of the land in her heed.' "'Aye, so tis,' muttered Robin Ibbody. "'But there's nae creatures, ye ken, nae ships, nae buddies.' "'Mebbe, mebbe something scared them awa,' said Daft Woolly. There was indeed no life. Stillness and silence ruled here. In fact, Tiffany, who cared a lot about getting words right, would have said it was a hush, which is not the same as a silence. A hush is what you get in cathedrals at midnight. "'Okay, lads,' Rob anybody whispered. "'We dinna ken what we're going to find, so ye tread as light as air foot can fall, understand?' Let's find the big wee hag. They nodded and stepped forward like ghosts. The land rose slightly ahead of them to some kind of earthworks. They advanced on it carefully, wary of ambush, but nothing stopped them as they climbed two long mounds in the turf that made a sort of a cross. Man-made, said Big Yan when they reached the top. Just like in the old days, Rob. The silence sucked his speech away. "'This is deep inside of the big wee hag's head,' said Robinibody, looking around warily. "'We dunna know what made them.' "'I dunna like this, Rob,' said the feagle. "'It's too quiet.' "'Aye, slightly same Georgie, it is that. "'You are my sunshine, my own... "'Daft Wooly!' snapped Rob, without taking his eyes off the strange landscape. The singing stopped. "'Aye, Rob,' said Daft Wooly from behind him. "'Ye ken, I'd said, I'll tell you when you was guilty of stupid and inappropriate behaviour. "'Aye, Rob,' said Daft Woolly, "'that was another of those times, was it? Aye.' They moved on again, staring around them, and still there was the hush. It was the pause before an orchestra plays, the quietness before thunder. It was as if all the small sounds of the hills had shut down to make room for one big sound to happen. And then they found a horse. They'd seen it back on the chalk, but here it was not carved into the hillside, but spread out before them. They stared at it. "'Awfully we Billy,' said Rob, beckoning the young Gonagall towards him. "'You're a Gonagall. You ken about poetry and dreams. What's this? Why is it up here? It shouldn't be on top of the hills.' "'Serious hiddlings, Mr. Rob,' said Billy. "'This is serious hiddlings.' "'I canna work it out yet.' "'She knows the chalk. "'Why'd she get this wrong? "'I'm thinking about it, Mr. Rob. "'You wouldn't a care to think of it faster, would ye?' "'Rob,' said Big Yan, hurrying up. "'He'd been scouting ahead. "'Aye,' said Rob gloomily. "'You'd better come and see this.' "'On top of a round hill was a four-wheeled shepherding hut, "'with a curved roof and a chimney for the pot-bellied stove.' Inside, the walls were covered with the yellow and blue wrappers from hundreds of packets of jolly sailor tobacco. There were old sacks hanging up there, and the back of the door was covered with chalk marks where Granny Aching had counted sheep and days. And there was a narrow iron bedstead, made comfortable with old fleeces and feed sacks. "'Do you have the understanding of this awfully wee Billy?' said Rob. "'Can you tell us where the big wee hag is?' The young Gonagall looked worried. "'Eh?' Mr. Rob, but ye ken I've only just been made a Gonagall. I mean, 
I know the songs and are, but I'm no very experienced at this. Aye, said Rob, anybody. And just how many Gonegals afore ye have walked through the dreams of a hag? Er, uh, none I've ever heard of, Mr. Rob, Billy confessed. Aye, so ye already know more about it than any of them big men, said Rob. He gave the boy a smile. Do ye a best, laddie. I didn't expect any more of you than that. Billy looked out of the shed door and took a deep breath. "'Then I'll tell you I think she's hiding somewhere close, like a hunted creature, Mr. Rob. This is a wee bit of her memory, the place of her granny, the place where she's always felt safe. I'll tell you I think that we're in the soul and centre o' her, the bit of her that is her, and I'm frightened for her, frightened to my boots. Why?' "'Because I've been watching the shadows, Mr. Rob,' said Billy. "'The sun is moving. It's slipping down the sky.' "'Aye, weel, that's what the sun does,' Rob began. Billy shook his head. "'Nay, Mr. Rob, you didn't understand. "'I'm telling you, that's no the sun of the big wide world. "'That's the sun of the soul of her.' The feagles looked at the sun and at the shadows, then back at Billy. He'd stuck his chin out bravely, but he was trembling. "'She'll die when night comes.' Rob said. There's worse things than death, Mr. Rob. The hiver will have her, head to toe. That is nae going to happen, shouted Rob anybody, so suddenly that Billy backed away. She's a strong big wee lass. She fought the quin with no more than a frying pan. Awfully wee Billy swallowed. There were a lot of things he'd rather do than face Rob anybody now, but he pressed on. Sorry, Mr. Rob, but I'm telling you she had iron then, and she was on her ain turf. "'She's a lang, lang way frae him here, "'and it'll squeeze this place when it finds it, "'leave no more room for it, "'and the night will come, and... "'Excuse me, Rob, I hae an idea.' "'It was daft Woolly, twisting his hands nervously. "'Everyone turned to look at him. "'Ye hae an idea,' said Rob. "'Aye, and if I tell yous, "'I dinna want you to say it's inappropriate, okay, Rob?' "'Rob anybody sighed. "'Okay, Willie, you have my word on it.' "'Wheel,' said Willie, his fingers knotting and unknotting, "'what is this place if it's not truly her ain place? "'What is it if it's not her ain turf? "'If she canna fight the creature here, she canna fight it anywhere.' "'But it will na come here,' said Billy. "'It does na need to. "'As she grows weaker, this place will fade away.' "'Oh, Cravens!' mumbled Daft Woolly. Weel, it was a good idea, right, even if it does not work. Rob anybody wasn't paying any attention. He stared around the shepherding hut. My man's got to use his heed for something other than nutting folk, Ginny had said. Daft Woolly is right, he said quietly. This is her safe place. She holds the land. She has it in her eye. The creature can ne'er touch her here. Here, she has power, but will be a jail who's for her here unless she fights the monster. She'd be locked in here and watch her life gae doon the clergy. She'll look out at the world like a prisoner at a tiny window and see her cell hated and feared. So we'll fetch the beast in here against its will, and here it will die. The feagles cheered. They weren't sure what was going on, but they liked the sound of it. How? said Awfully Wee Billy. "'Ah, you had to gain ask that, eh?' said Rob anybody bitterly. "'And I was doing sea well with the thinking.' He turned. There was a scratching noise on the door above him. Up there, 
Across the rows and rows of half-rubbed-out markings, freshly chalked letters were appearing one by one, as if an invisible hand was writing them. "'Words,' said Rob anybody. "'She's trying to tell us something.' "'Yes, they say,' Billy began. "'I can wheel what they say,' snapped Rob anybody. "'I have the knowing of the reading. "'They say... Uh... "'He looked up again. "'Okay, they say that's the snake, "'and, and that's the kind of like a gate letter "'and, and the comb on its side, two of that, "'and the fat man standing still and the snake again.' "'And then there's what we calls a space, "'and then there's the letter like a saw's teeth, "'and two of the letters that's ruined like the sun, "'and a letter that's a man sitting doon. "'And on a next line we ha "'the man we his arms out, "'and a letter that's you, "'and ha the fat man again, but knew he's walking, "'and next he's standing still again,' "'And next is the comb, and the up-and-doon ziggy-zaggy letter, "'and the man's got his arms out, and then there's me, "'and that ziggy-zaggy, and we end the line with the comb again. "'And on the next line we starts with the bendy hook, "'that's the letter ruined as the sun. "'Them's twa men sitting doon, there's the letter reaching out to the sky. "'Then there's the space, cause there's nail letter.' "'Then there's the sneaky again, and the letter like a hoose frame, "'and then there's the letter that's me, I, and another fellow sitting doon, "'and another big round letter, and, ha, our old friend the fat man walking the end.' "'He stood back, hands on hips, and demanded, "'There, is that reading? I just did, or was it no?' "'There was a cheer from the feagles and some applause. "'Awfully wee Billy looked up at the chalked words. "'Sheep's wool?' Turpentine, jolly sailor. And then he looked at Rob anybody's expression. Aye, aye, he said. You're doing great, Mr. Rob. Sheep's wool, turpentine, and jolly sailor tobacco. Ach, weel, anyone can read it all in one go, said Rob anybody dismissively. But you's got to be good to break it doon into all the tricksy letters, and very good to have the knowing of the meaning of the whole. What is that? asked awfully wee Billy. "'The meaning, Gonegal, is that you are going to go stealing.' There was a cheer from the rest of the feagles. They hadn't been keeping up very well, but they recognised that word all right. "'And it's going to be stealing to remember,' Rob yelled to another cheer. "'Daft woolly! Aye! You'll be in charge. You ha' not got the brains of a beetle, brother of mine, but when it comes to the thieving, you ha' no equal in this world. You've got to fetch turpentine and fresh sheep wool and some of the jolly sailor backy. "'You got to get them to the big hag with twa bodies. "'Tell her she must mak the hiver smell them, right? "'It'll bring it here. "'And you'd best be quick, because that sun is moving doon the sky. "'You'll be stealing for a time itself, eh? "'You have a question.' "'Daft Woolly had raised a finger. "'Point of order, Rob,' he said. "'But it was a wee bitty hurtful there for you to say I dinna have the brains of a beetle.' "'Rob hesitated, but only for a moment.' "'Aye, Daft Woolly, you're right in what you say. "'It was unricht to me to say that. "'It was the heat of the moment, and I am fully sorry for it. "'As I stand here before you now, I will say, "'Daft Woolly, you do hay the brains of a beetle, "'and I'll fight any scunner who says different.' "'Daft Woolly's face broke into a huge smile, "'then crinkled into a frown. "'But ye are the leader, Rob,' he said. "'No on this raid, Woolly. I'm staying here.' 
I have every confidence that you'll be a fine leader on this raid and not totally mess it up like you did the last seventeen times. There was a general groan from the crowd. Look at the sun, will you? said Rob, pointing. It's moved since we've been talking. Someone's got to stay with you. I will know how it said we left her to die alone. Now get moving your scanners or feel the flat of my blade. He raised his sword and growled. They fled. Rob Anybody laid his sword down with care, then sat on the step of the shepherding hut to watch the sun. After a while, he was aware of something else. Hamish the aviator gave Miss Level's broomstick a doubtful look. It hung a few feet above the ground and it worried him. He hitched up the bundle on his back that contained his parachute, although it was technically the para-drawers, since it was made up of string and an old pair of Tiffany's best Sunday drawers well washed. They still had flowers on them, but there was nothing like them for getting a feagle safely to the ground. He had a feeling it, or they, were going to be needed. End of CD 5